Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting opportunity with you. The Breaking Free Workshop will teach you a step-by-step guide to turn your passions into profit. Join us for a transformative experience where you'll learn how to smash through your career plateau with a personalized plan in five strategic steps, avoid common mistakes that could be holding you back, and identify critical actions for the next month to accelerate your progress toward your goals. Don't miss this opportunity to take control of your career destiny and create the lifestyle you desire. Your first workshop is free. Register now for the Breaking Free Workshop. Visit smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops for all the details. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash workshops. I had a great plan for my life. And by 35, I was divorced and my career in magazines was completely over. And I really did not know much about who I was, what my real purpose was, or even what to do next. Now let's dive into today's episode where we are thrilled to have Rebecca Babcock, an inspiring figure who has truly transformed adversity into strength. As the founder of Rebecca Babcock Coaching and the creator of the Babcock Method, Rebecca's journey is one of resilience and reinvention. She is a chronic illness warrior, boasts a nine-year sobriety achievement, has navigated the challenges of divorce, and has emerged as a highly effective corporate leader with over two decades of experience. In this episode, Rebecca will be unpacking the concept of lifey, the chaotic, unexpected, and sometimes overwhelming aspects of life that can derail our plans. Despite life's unpredictability, she has harnessed her experiences to empower others to find their purpose and ignite their passions. Rebecca will share her story of personal triumphs, setbacks, and the powerful insights she's gained along the way. She proves that it's possible to be in the driver's seat of your own life, no matter what's happening around you. Get ready to explore how to navigate life's twists and turns, the importance of setting boundaries, and why it's crucial to align your career with your inner values. Whether you're facing your own lifey moments or you're just looking for that spark of inspiration to push forward in your personal and professional journey, Rebecca's story will provide you with the motivation to rise above the challenges and truly smash the plateau. Now let's welcome Rebecca Babcock. Rebecca, founder of Rebecca Babcock Coaching and the Babcock Method, has conquered a lot. As a chronic illness warrior, a nine-year sobriety champion, a resilient divorcee, and a highly effective corporate leader, she has faced triumphs and setbacks throughout her 20-plus years of corporate experience. But now she's chosen to embrace her true calling, empowering others to discover their purpose and passion, regardless of how lifey it gets. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Rebecca, what's the lifey part about? I think that a lot of times we think, oh, once everything calms down, then I'll figure out how to have a purposeful career in a life I feel passionate about. But right now, it's there's too much life stuff going on. Once this project's over, once the kids go to college, once I do this, once I lose the weight. And my experience has been that just when I think I've got things figured out, life has very big other plans. So life get, getting lifey for me looks like 
I've got a job at eBay and, and on a Monday, I'm not feeling well. And a Tuesday, I'm in the hospital having my entire colon removed. So figuring out how to be in the driver's seat of your own life, regardless of what happens on the outside. Got it. So I gather, you know, I, I mentioned in the introduction that you've had several of these instances of life intervening in ways that you didn't anticipate. Why don't you share a little more? Because then we can go into some details about how you actually deal with some of these things. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell about myself only as it relates, hopefully, to, to the listeners and you know how, how this applies to them. I had a great plan for my life. I graduated magna cum laude from Vanderbilt University, and I, uh, I moved to New York City. I'm from just outside of New York, but I got a job in magazine publishing, and it was all right. You know, I was, I was at Vogue and GQ and all of the magazines at the time when they were the biggest thing going on. And I met my now ex-husband and he was a air quotes celebrity chef. And we had this really fabulous life and, um, things didn't stay that way. And by 35, I was divorced and my career in magazines was completely over. And I really did not know much about who I was, what my real purpose was, or even what to do next. And that sort of began a journey that brings me to, I'm now 45, which included getting sober. It included having five surgeries to have my entire colon removed, and then four more to rebuild my digestive tract without a colon. It involved falling in love with somebody else and making embryos and breaking up. It involved leaving New York altogether, leaving corporate America altogether and deciding to become a coach that could help people the way I couldn't find help. So I found a lot of career coaches that would help me get a new job. And I used a lot of them and I changed careers three times, uh, completely changed careers. But when my career would be better, my life felt meh. And then when my life felt good, my career would be sort of all over the place. And I really, at one point I was paying you know, like a therapist slash life coach and an executive leadership coach. And they were telling me completely opposite things to do. And I simply asked them if they could get on the phone together and share their ideas because I'm, there's only one of me and I'm either gunning for the bigger job or I'm relaxing because I've almost died from all these surgeries and, you know, building a more realistic future in terms of self-care and they wouldn't. And I realized I'm, I, I can't outsource this. I'm going to have to do it myself. and life got lifey and I didn't really have, I didn't have the playbook. And so, and I thought there was one and ends up there isn't really, but just being honest about it and and sharing about it has allowed other people to say, yeah, I mean, I kind of maybe have it all on paper. I've got the job, I've got the, you know, I, I got all the things I thought I wanted when I was 25, but now I have them all. And truthfully, I just feel kind of meh because life gets lifey. And it has been through my experiences. I've had a chronic illness since I was 16. You know, at 38, when I had my entire colon removed, that was just sort of that next step in the journey. So there's some pretty lifey stuff I've been facing for a long time. And people would always say to me, like, you're an inspiration or you should write a book. And I was like, what I should really do is talk more about how I'm here. And I feel proud I love my career and I feel really passionate about my life. And I feel like I'm, I'm doing great work and see if it can help other people find their calling as well. Rebecca, why do you think it's so common to think that there's a program like a playbook? I inherently believe that everybody thinks they were born without the playbook. 
I think that's something every human being has. And I'll have potential clients or clients who come to me and say, well, I don't have my MBA. And then I'll have people who have their MBA that say, well, I I don't have management experience. Or I'll have people that say, you know, I've never been in a long-term relationship. And someone else will say, I've been in a long-term relationship for so long, I don't know how to be single or I don't know how to date again. I just think we all think everyone else has got this figured out and we're the one who doesn't. And so what I've found to be the biggest relief is saying, hey guys, I don't got this all figured out. And then other people being like, me neither. I didn't know we were allowed to say that. You know, I didn't know we were allowed to admit that sometimes it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to still be smiling and showing up and living your life and need a little help. Or just need someone to say like, it's not all what it looks like on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and all those places. And life isn't linear. It certainly isn't. I've learned that. I've certainly learned that in a complicated series of events. Yeah. Do you think it's possible to learn what you've learned and avoid some of the major challenges around pivots at a younger age? Or do you think you actually need to just go through and experience these things to be able to figure out how to deal with it? Great. I think it's a combination of both. I will be honest with you. I tend to not take on clients that are just graduating from college because they think, you know, I help people with career, but also with their life and their relationships and their self-worth. But they'll come to me and be like, you know, I hate my job. And I'm like, no, you just hate working all the time. It's not so fun. That transition from going to class. And, and even for me, like I was incredibly successful at school because I felt very regimented to me. It was a playbook. If you go to class, do your homework, study, you get good grades. And then I graduated from college and I was like, I don't know if I'm doing well or not unless I'm getting promoted or fired. And that, that made me very uncomfortable. And I thought, oh, maybe I'm in the wrong career. And I do think that part of it is just adulting and getting out there and getting used to having, everyone's going to have a tough boss. Everyone's going to have, you know, layoffs and things like that, that happen. Everyone thinks whenever they graduated from college was the hardest time to get a job. I graduated right before 9-11. And then I have people saying to me, oh, I graduated right, you know, in 2008. And now they're saying I graduated during COVID. And I generally find that people around 35 are starting to get to that place where they've had some life happen and they did get some of those promotions or raises and they've had some of the things. And that was what they were getting up for every morning. Just once I get to be a director, everything will be fine. And then they get that and they're like, or once I make X amount of money and then they make that amount of money and they're like, nope, that's not it either. Because it's very important to me that people recognize that their career, while it's important, we need to pay bills. We need to be able to have a nice life. That true life satisfaction and purpose doesn't just come from what you're good at. It also comes from what you're passionate about. And if we only focus on our career, it's like getting dressed in the morning and only putting on our pants. So I think, or a shirt, which might work if you're on Zoom but otherwise it's probably not a great idea. And I think that life has to happen. But then I think if I knew what I know now, when I was 35, I could have done this far more quickly and much less painfully than kind of dragging my knuckles for the next decade and trying every meditation course and and coach and retreat and just vacation, like anything to kind of get out of my, my level of of stress and just generalized discomfort and and uncertainty, feeling lost. Do you see people that are in their twenties that actually are able to manage all of the, the happenings and the, the stresses and the, 
the pitfalls of life and, and do a better job at it than many, well, let's say than most people do. Again, I don't, as a coach, I don't work with that many people in their twenties because I just don't, I don't think they know yet about what else is going to happen. But I think that I'm fascinated by what's going to go down with the generation that just went through education and COVID and like how that's going to change things. But I do certainly think that the younger generation knows a lot of stuff I'll never know, but they also have been raised that it's okay to want work-life balance. It's okay to not be married to your job, but I don't know. I mean, I really, I wasn't there in my twenties. I just thought once I get more, a bigger job and a husband, I'll be fine. It has a lot to do with the way I was raised, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. So for the people that you do help, what's a typical outcome? I actually offer a guarantee in this. I swear, David, this is not me trying to, uh, to sell anything, but there's a very specific way that I work with my clients. And my feeling is, is that here's what we're all doing wrong in life. Apply job, apply money, apply relationship, happiness, hobbies. We're all so busy doing. We take action very, very quickly. Oh, I don't, I don't like the job. Let me just change the job. Or I don't like the city. I'll just move someplace else. Or I don't like the person. I'm just going to break off. And the truth is wherever we go, there we are. I had a crazy boss who threw a stapler at my head once. I changed industries. I changed careers. The next boss did some very like inappropriate things to me, changed jobs, changed industries. The next boss did recorded me without me knowing it and played it for a colleague. It was so weird. But the common theme there is me. So I get a lot of people saying, you know, the common theme there was I didn't set boundaries that the first time the boss, first thing that boss ever did was not throw a stapler at my head. There were a lot of things that led to that stapler throwing incident that I was sort of like, oh, you're my boss. Let me, you know, don't say anything back. And had I not looked at my part, I would have just kept jumping from job to industry to career thinking like, I'm just a heat seeking missile for crazy bosses. And so that's what I mean. Like what we need to do first is we need to become really aware of, of who we are, of what we want, of what works for us and what doesn't. And then we can start to take aware action once we know our values and our goals and, and what we're really trying to do. Because, you know, if I get one more client who says, I want to make a million dollars and I'm the one weirdo who's going to say, why, why do you want to make a million dollars? And they say, well, because I'll feel safe and happy and free. Well, then let's work on making you feel safe and happy and free. Maybe you make a million dollars. Maybe you make 900 million, in which case, please give me you know, a cut of that. <laughs> maybe you make 900,000, but either way, if you just go to a million, it's an external validator and you're going to get to a million dollars and go, this isn't quite how I want to feel. So there is an assessment that I have my clients take that measures their overall life satisfaction as it relates to career, finances, relationships, and self-worth. I have my clients take that assessment right at the beginning, and then we create a customized curriculum. So each person has a different set of things we're working on that's also holistic. So I bring in other coaches, you know, bring in whatever they need from health and wellness to mindset, to relationships, to career and all that. And then when they and I both agree that they feel like they're in charge of their life, they take the assessment again. So my measurement, my guarantee is that your overall life satisfaction score will increase. Not that you're going to make more money or get a new job or break up or stay together or buy the house, but that you're going to be happier. Cause a lot of times we don't know what's actually going to bring us happiness. So we charge towards, we take action and we charge towards what we think is going to make us happy. And sometimes those are, I say to people all the time, don't quit your job, keep that health insurance, 
until you know what you're running towards instead of what you're running from, that's a very expensive little, you know, foible or, or I'm so sick of this. I just want to quit. So I would say that the difference is when people come to me, they feel lost. They feel stuck. They feel mad, their words. And when they leave, they feel empowered. They feel very clear. They know their passion. They know their purpose. They know how to get there. And they might not be there today, but they don't need to keep coming back to me every time a job changes or, you know, a breakup happens because they know they know what, what lights them up and what works for them and what doesn't. And it's just a matter of, you know, getting you on your way. Right. Because they have the tools to be able to deal with these things. And the big tool, it's a bunch of tools, but the big tool is, is awareness. Once you know what works for you and what doesn't, you're only going to keep doing things that don't work for you anymore for so long. And then you're going to be like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Do you find that there's like a, like a major aha when they gain that awareness? Yep. And it happens in the same way to almost every single person. Anyone who's coming to me is resonates with me, which means they're probably to some extent perfectionist or just, you know, very hardworking, very diligent, probably pretty type A but they know that their way isn't working. And they've got this crazy woman who comes in and says, I'm going to guarantee you your life's going to be better. And they're like, that sounds crazy, but it's a guarantee. So I'll give it a try. And at the beginning, they're giddy and excited. This is going to be new. This is going to be different. And about four or five sessions in, they start to freak out and they start to say, it's not working or it's not working for me. And it's because they don't want to trust the process. They know how to control things very, very, very well. They know how to plan for something, execute on it and get the results. And, and I'm going to ask them to think about things, don't execute on them right away. Look for, you know, gather more data about what you like and what you don't. And it makes, it's very unnerving. And then it's like a dam breaks every single time. About halfway through my coaching sessions, I have my clients meet with a breathwork specialist. It's and he did, it's like a 75 minute guided breath work meditation thing. And it's, and everyone kind of breaks open at that point. And they, everyone's like, my favorite part of coaching was with Brandon. And I'm like, I get, I, I'm humble enough to agree with that, but it's because we've gotten them and gotten them and gotten to them a point where they're like holding this weight of, of fear and not trusting the process and being afraid to do things differently. And then when that dam breaks, it's just the best thing ever for them and for me. Yeah. No, it sounds pretty remarkable. And then one, once the dam breaks and the awareness is there, what kinds of things do you see happening? So I look at it like a pyramid and the bottom of the pyramid is awareness, right? And then once we have awareness, we can start to take action. And once we're taking that aware action where we know what works for us and what doesn't and what lights us up and what hinders us, we start to take more action more often. So it might mean interviewing more often. It might mean setting boundaries with people that aren't working for you. It might be trying a, a hobby that you never really, you were always afraid to go mess up at a dance class and you start going and you build more confidence. And it's a really internalized level of confidence because you either win or you learn. You discover that losing is not a big deal. So you take more risk more often. Esteemable acts are what build self-esteem, right? So as you do, you can't you don't wait to have the confidence to take the action. You take the action and that's what builds your confidence. And right when they start to get that formula in their head, you really shoot to the top of this pyramid and the top of the pyramid is being in choice. I choose how I show up, big picture and little picture. Once I know what works for me, it's pretty easy to make big or little decisions. Is this bringing me closer to my goal or further away from it? And 
at that point, they don't just don't need me anymore. And that's the way I've designed this coaching is it's not somebody you're going to work with once a week for the rest of your life. Like the design is to get them on their own and to have them not go from not knowing what to do and needing me to go from being stuck and lost and met to feeling empowered themselves and knowing that who they are and knowing their plan. So that's the results. Yeah. As the business owner, do you find that it's more challenging because you've always got to find new people? Oh my gosh, David. The hardest part. Not only that, there's no one really offering what I'm offering in the marketplace. So it's very hard to, you know, so I have to go through a lot of like, oh, I just wanted a career coach, you know, or like people who are like, wait, like they, they just don't quite know. And I'm saying, oh, no, no, I've done that. I had a career coach. They didn't care at all about whether or not I loved my job and I was lit up by it. They just helped me get a job. You know, and a life coach doesn't really know how to talk to you about job stuff. Although it's always been confusing to me to figure out what the life coach would be like, just follow your bliss. And I'm like, but how am I supposed to pay for you or anything if I'm just following my bliss? So I find it hard in the sense that people don't know to ask for this. So there's a lot of front end education that I put in with each potential client. My program is completely customized. So Each client is their own entity. It's their own program. There's nothing cookie cutter in this or sort of like group setting. So I don't work with that many clients at the same time, which is hard on me and great for them. I have to constantly be looking for more clients, but I also, this isn't a machine. So I I get, you know, if I get two, three, four clients new a month, that's great. I don't need 50. Yeah, no, I, I get that. On a totally different topic, Rebecca, what's been your experience as a professional and a business owner in community as either a a member or a leader? What a great question. I don't think I'm going to answer the way you want me to, but I'm going to answer the way that's true for me. My superpower always at work was being kind of a truth teller and somebody who was always going to tell it like it really was. And I should say that's my superpower. I should say that was not my superpower in corporate America. Sometimes that was great. And sometimes that was not what they wanted to hear. So I can be polarizing in the sense that some people love the person who's just going to tell it like it is and is a straight shooter and, and some people aren't. So in terms of community, I work from home, staring into a Zoom screen all day long, every day. I also have three different completely separate entities of community that are of equal importance and value to me. I, when I first started coaching, I joined a coaching community of like-minded coaches who we all are helping each other. I still am working with them, but what I, I have done is sort of make a mastermind group of my own clients that have really gotten to a great spot where we're all kind of sharing with each other because we speak the same language. I am a member of a 12-step program and have been for nine years, and I attend a meeting every morning. That's a critical part of my community. And that's a community I can find anywhere, any town, any village, online, in person. But I really discovered going in person is really good for me. Not just, I don't, I'm not concerned about relapsing and going back to drinking at all. But we talk about all the other things, you know, and we get to share with each other and we get to check in every morning. And if I'm not there, someone's going to ask, how are you doing? I also have a community around my chronic illness. I facilitate a women's support group once a month, but I also just am part of that world and around fitness and health and wellness. I have a meditation group. I also have a gym that I go to at noon every day, take class at noon. So again, if, if someone doesn't see me at the 12 step program in the morning and I don't go to the gym 
for more than two or three days in a row, someone will know that I'm, you know, dead sitting in front of my computer somewhere. <laughs> but you know, it's important, I think, as we as we're working on our own. And I had no intention of ever becoming. I have a chronic illness. All I wanted was a corporate job where you got assured health insurance and a paycheck every two weeks. The last thing I thought I'd ever be is this, but I just couldn't find anybody who was doing this. And I really felt like the universe needed somebody. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but at least I'm trying. So my community is, is one that I've had to be very mindful of ensuring that I, I put effort and time into. Yeah. What you're doing also takes time to evolve. Yeah. (laughs) As you've described, it's not a quick fix for your clients. And as a business owner, it's not necessarily something that's going to be quick to, to scale and blossom. But it helps people. And at the end of the day, that's really, if I can pay my bills and help other people, that feels a lot better than when I was perpetuating women's insecurities for a living, working for the top fashion magazines in the world, you know, so that works better for me. For sure. For sure. Rebecca, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to share before we close out the episode? I just want to say for people that are listening that might be like, this girl's just a weirdo. She's too optimistic. Or I don't know. I have no idea how how this will play. But I would say that the most important thing that we get to do as human beings is share and be part of community in that it has been not in hiding. My, my chronic illness is digestive. You know, it's embarrassing to talk about my disease and before when I did have a colon and now that I don't. And I just, it's embarrassing to say I got divorced two and a half years after being married. It's embarrassing to say I've been fired from jobs. It's embarrassing to say that I drank too much. It's embarrassing to say a lot of things. And it has been in telling my truth and being honest that I've become so free. And I think that's what we're all kind of missing out there. And I'm not saying you should just, you know, get on a megaphone and tell the truth to everybody, but in friendships, in community, in places you feel safe, it's really important to to be honest. And 100% of the time is in being honest, other people feel free and safe to be honest as well. And the depth of those relationships and friendships and in every aspect from career to anything else has been nothing but nurtured and nourished through honesty and vulnerability and truth telling. Well said. Well, Rebecca, congratulations on the path that you've taken on what you have figured out for yourself and what you now do for others. And um, lastly, if somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about, access any resources you have or get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to go? They should go to my website and it's a tongue twister, but it's Coaching. Dot com. And I offer all sorts of free everything because I don't know if I'm going to be able to help somebody, but when you offer a guarantee, you want to know. So there's lots of chatting and getting more information before you'd ever have to commit to any sort of a, a, a coaching relationship with me. Which is very nice. We'll include the link in the show notes so people can just go to the show notes and click on it. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Smashing the Plateau. Um, share your own personal experiences and talk about the the method that you've developed. My guest today has been coach Rebecca Babcock. Thank you, Rebecca, for joining us. Thank you again for having me. Making the leap from the corporate career track to entrepreneurial business ownership can be done more effectively when you follow a system. 
In our Breaking Free workshop, you'll learn the five steps to smash your plateau, craft a weekly progress plan, and avoid common mistakes. This workshop is for dreamers, risk takers, and those ready to accelerate their business journey. Your first workshop is free. Visit smashingtheplateau.com workshops for details and to secure your spot in the next workshop. Don't miss out on this opportunity for a career transformation. That's smashingtheplateau.com workshops. Join us on our next episode of Smashing the Plateau for more wisdom from industry leaders. Until then, keep striving, keep believing, and keep smashing.